Welcome to Grace Harvest Church's weekly podcast. For more information about Grace Harvest Church or to find out more about something you hear during the podcast, visit us online at graceharvestchurch.org. Now listen in and allow God to speak to you through this week's message. If you haven't been to the Philippines or, or you haven't been to any sort of mission trip, um, regardless of whatever age you are, um, I would say go. Um, it's probably one of the most beneficial things for your own heart and for your own soul. And so if there's opportunities, um, I would say always go. Um, we saw uh, this, and if you talk to any of the members, I would encourage you to talk to them even after service. Um, there's a notable change within them. And it's a really, really beautiful thing. And I've been to the Philippines twice, and it's been this awesome thing that even in me, I was shocked what the Lord did in my own heart and my own minds. And um, it was awesome. Some of the food in the Philippines is really, really interesting. Um, some of it really, really good. Some of it um, not so good <laughs> or maybe just different. Um, I think a lot about food in the sense where people on staff call me like a foodie. Um, they're like, obviously, you're a big guy. No, but I just, I really, really like food. And I think back, even just watching this slideshow about some of the best meals I've had in the Philippines. Um, there's this one time we did this conference and we preached and they had brought literally an entire pig, an entire pig. And one guy set it up on a spigot, built a fire underneath it and roasted it for like four hours. Okay, he pulls it off the spigot, and it's like golden brown. You know that like nice skin color all the way around. And I, and I ask about, I was like, who is this guy? Can he come to my house? You know, because this, this pig looks amazing. And I, and I asked him, I was like, how long you cooked this? He's like, four hours. And it's cooked all the way through, crispy skin. And I remember that meal, and maybe it was like situationally, you know, like when you go camping and camping food always tastes better, but if you brought it in your kitchen, it wouldn't be that good, you know, that type of thing. But I swear to this day, it stuck in my head, this pork, this whole hog that they had brought out, chopped up, and you would take a little piece of the crispy skin, a little bit of fat, a little bit of meat, game over. Super, super good. And what was so weird about that moment is majority of the people in the Philippines don't really speak English or speak very, very limited English. And so you're eating this meal and I'm trying to ask him questions about how to cook the meat because I'm a foodie, right? And it's just like, yeah, yeah, yes, uh uh-huh. And nothing's getting through. But what's weird is there's this moment and I, and I play it back in my head. You know when you have those moments that you almost record and you can play back through your head? I had this moment of eating this meat in the Philippines and looking around at fellow Christians, at fellow people that I know, and we don't have anything in common. I'm this big white dude. I literally am like two feet taller than anyone. They call me a, a giant or Johnny Bravo. Um, <laughs> They call me those things, and we don't even speak the same language, but I remember that meal is because it brought us together in such a unique way. That it just reminds me that even sometimes when we're so different, 
And sometimes we're like, how do we even get along? There's sometimes this unity between us. Unity. And it's this really beautiful thing. I think about even in the scriptures, they talk about the mind of Christ, right? They talk about a similar mind and similar heart. They talk about putting away your differences or putting them aside because we are all bound in Christ, right? I've had some good food, and um, I, really, I really, really do love a good meal. We're going to Portland this next week, and I'm the official kind of like food guide. Um, I've always been passionate about it, um, but I'm only really passionate about it um, is because Jesus was a foodie too. And so before we go anywhere, I, I do feel like there's a few spots here in Moses Lake, go to Maria's Tacos. I'm helping you guys out here. Go to Maria's Tacos. Get the pork carnitas tacos. It'll change your life. Okay? I'm, I'm being serious. This is like a direct order. Like, don't, don't play with me. Like, I'm serious about it. Pork carnitas tacos change your life. Ra- Raul, Alyssa, they know. They know. I have spots marked all over, anywhere close to Moses Lake. Let's go to Wenatchee. Oh, the El Salvador, El Salvador Tropicanda. It's a Salvadorian restaurant in Wenatchee. What? It has, it's cash only, cash only, but they have Salvadorian food. I promise you, if you are not saved, you will get saved by eating the Salvadorian food. <laughs> That's probably one of the jokes I say the most, that If I didn't get saved at an early age and grew up Christian, I actually probably would have not, I wouldn't have got saved in a church service or like hanging out in the woods or nothing. I would have gotten saved by a taco or a burrito or eating like at a French restaurant because really, and you're like, that's kind of sacrilegious. No, it's not. Because the thing is, sometimes food is so good that you're like, somebody loves me out there, right? Like, Jesus loves me because this food is so awesome. Am I speaking to anybody? Like eating some brie and a baguette, right? Oh, my gosh. It has changed my life even to this day. Sometimes I'll take a bite, and it's so good. And I hope some of you guys relate with me. I'm going to feel weird. As you do this, you go... You, like, close your eyes, right? <laughs> and I feel like sometimes I get transported. I'm like, whoa, like, it's this amazing thing with food. But I- I'm really a foodie um, because Jesus was a foodie, right? Follow after him. And you're like, that's a terrible intro, you know? <laughs> Jesus was a foodie. Jesus was a foodie. Um, something that caught my eye in Scripture early on was um, patterns. Things I see begin and after like major points in scripture. And one of the things is leading up to Jesus' death. Leading up to Jesus' death, we see this major meal. Jesus was a foodie, right? We see this major meal. We call it the Last Supper. And what's really interesting about this meal is, if you've been a Christian for a a while, you kind of know, but the context is this was the last meal before Jesus died on the cross that he had with his disciples There's a few other people, but with him, even in the upper room, and they broke bread together, and he kind of established a meal, communion, that we know about. Jesus was a foodie. And what's really interesting is, I think it's interesting how he invites everyone to the table. He invites everyone to the table. 
There's his disciples. They say that others were with him. And he's looking around his disciples. Even he even allowed Judas at the table. A super strange thing. Someone that he knew even was going to betray him, even calls him out in the middle of the meal. But he always still brings him to the table. There's something so divinely unique about coming to the table of Jesus. That it's something just so special about you and me, I and you, can sit down and have a meal together, regardless of how different we are, regardless of how different we believe, different we look. I mean, I've said it before, but it is really strange that all of us are together, right? <laughs> None of us would actually run into our normal into each other in normal life or be friends or be family members. But I look around this room, and people that were once strangers to me are now brothers, sisters, spiritual moms, spiritual dads. Deep friendships have been birthed out of this place, but only for one reason. Because we all came to the table of Jesus. At one moment, we're like, whoa. And there's this unity that sits amongst us. Jesus was a foodie. Jesus has the Last Supper. And then he goes to the garden. He prays, gets betrayed, dies on the cross. Dead for three days, risen back. And something really interesting happens. Um, in John 21, this really weird scenario takes place. All the disciples are on the boat. Some of them were, had the profession of being fishers. And so they were catching fish. And they're catching fish, but they can still see the shore. Jesus had died, and so they returned back to what they know. And one of the disciples see Jesus on the shore. They see him. And he gets out of the boat, and he, he literally dives in and begins to swim toward him. The rest of the disciples are like, oh, my gosh, is that Jesus? Oh, my God, look at that. And they pull up their boats. And what does Jesus have? Guess what? Food. <laughs> He's got some fresh-caught salmon, some wine, some bread. But it says that they walked up to Jesus, and here he had the fire going. He had food ready for them. And the first thing he did was they had a meal together. It's this really simple but really beautiful thing. Food and coming to the table in unity in Jesus is the thing that binds us. It's the thing that keeps us of one mind and one spirit. Because I think to come to the table a lot of times means, if you're a follower of Jesus, come. I don't know where you're from. I don't know what you look like, really, or I don't really get you. Or, man, we may be so different on theology here or thoughts here, but, you know, we, we both love Jesus. Let's just come to the table and have a meal Jesus understood something about coming to the table. And there are sometimes some really, really serious meals that you have. Have you ever been to someone's house and you, like, have to eat, right? Have you ever been there? Where there is no option like you are eating. Um, Americans sometimes, but if you get into, like, any Hispanic household or a Russian household or a Ukrainian household, if you're there, you're going to eat. Because you're not there unless they want you to be there, right? (laughs) 
There's only certain people that sometimes if you get invited in their home, it means everything, right? It means everything to them that you're in their home. And once you're in their home, oh man, they're rolling out the best of the best food. And sometimes I've been in situations where they see me and they're like, oh, he's a big guy. He can eat a lot. <laughs> and so sometimes it, it's this really weird thing, but I just feel like sometimes they like to put it to the test. Um, I can eat a lot, but I really have to be in the right mood, you know? <laughs> but the thing is, a lot of times they roll out all this food for me, and then they keep feeding me, and then I'm like stuffed, and I'm like, oh, you're like, oh, I don't feel good. I think I just committed the sin of gluttony, you know? Like, you feel really bad. And then they're like, oh, you can eat more. And you're like, yeah. And you keep, you know, you keep eating food. Because you have this Russian grandma looking at you, and you're going to eat more food. There's really, really serious meals sometimes. And it's really, really important sometimes to come to the table and just put things aside, put things down. I sometimes think about also, my rehearsal dinner, in my wedding, leading up to that, um, I think it's so weird sometimes how we're just sometimes brought together. And rehearsal dinners are always like the pinnacle of that. Because you've got all these people, all these fr- family members, you got your in-laws, which if you like or don't like, you know, you have them, you have your outlaws, you have your in-laws, you have your, you have the, your groomsmen, which can sometimes be, you know, groomsmen. You have your bridesmaids, and then you have your crazy uncle who wasn't invited, but he decided to come anyways. But you have all these people. <laughs> You're the crazy uncle. I'd invite you. I'd invite you anywhere. <sighs> we could be crazy together. <laughs> but the thing is, that's what, it's like the pinnacle of it in my head is you have all these people brought together for one purpose. Unity. They may, they may sit at different places in life. They may be from different cities, but they're all gathering together for one reason. Rehearsal dinners are the epitome of that. And the one reason is something special is happening. There, somebody's getting married. Something divine is happening. We're willing just to put, a, put it aside, to do whatever to make this thing happen. I was at a, I was at a, a rehearsal dinner one time. Actually, the wedding itself And one of the groomsmen, the best man, actually crawled underneath the table and fell asleep (laughs) for 45 minutes and then got up and gave his speech. (laughs) Talk about crazy people all gathering together for one purpose. It's so much like us, the church, a bunch of people from different walks of life all gathering together to come to the table. I want to read this verse. It's uh, Acts 2. 42 through 47, it says this, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching in the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. The disciples were some foodies. They received their food with glad and generous hearts 
praising God and having favor with all people. I don't think we think about that enough. <laughs> favor with all people. And the, Lord, and the Lord added to their number day by day those were that were being saved. The fellowship. Um, I want you to say this word with me, uh, koinonia. Koinonia, right? You probably heard that term at some point if you've been a Christian for a long time. Um, this word can, be, it can really mean a number of things. Um, we see it in the early church used a lot. But it is everything that they have in common, including food, meal, possessions, prayer, word, communion. It's about gathering together in one presence of one mind. They spent time in Koinonia. They spent time doing life together. The body of Christ, man, I love the body of Christ. Um, the body of Christ is this amazing thing, and we need each other. I need you. You need me. <laughs> I want to read this other verse. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13-14. For in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks. In that time, in the biblical time, Jews and Greeks, very, very, very different people. Opposite ends of the spectrum. Slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. I want you to like take a moment and just like look to your left. Look to your left. Look at that person to your left. Now look to your right. Look at that person. And now smile at someone. Like give them your best smile. You all stuck together, you know. <laughs> uh, some of you guys need to work on your smile. That was a little creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like super forced smile. <laughs> Read the above verse again. That's what I wrote in my notes, and it says this. For, there was, for we are in one spirit, you and me, I and you, the person sitting next to your left and to your right. Jews and Greeks, slaves are free. Different skin color, how much money we make, different family structures, Different states, some, even some of you are different countries, all coming from different things, but we were baptized and brought into the body of Christ to be of one mind and be of one spirit. When a person is born again and they're really brought into the body, um, you belong here. Like you really, really belong here. And if you're on the fringe or if you're like, I don't know if I belong here, I'm telling you, you belong here. You need to be here. You need to be into the body. Sometimes people get into this notion that they're going to do church at home, but it's not even biblical, and it's not even healthy. I will tell you straight up, it is not healthy. You know why? Because you need to come into this place and gather together because we need one each other. We need one another. You're like, why do I need to come to church? So that you can come in, and I would look at you and be like, hey, you are doing awesome. <laughs> to encourage you in your walk. Be like, hey, I, I, I heard about something you did. Man, that was awesome. You went out of your way and you helped that person. Like, good job. Like, keep it up. Or if you'd walk in and I'd look at you and I'd be like, what's wrong? What's that? What's going on in there? I call it my Holy Spirit nose. <laughs> The, the youth students know and leaders know. I, they, 
They like, they try to hide stuff, you know, people try to hide stuff all the time, and it's like a Holy Spirit nose, it's like a nose like a bloodhound. Something smells off, something's weird, it's not because they didn't shower, but it's because something isn't like right in their soul. Have you ever looked at someone and you're like, whoa, they look so disturbed? Like you see it, and it's not only in the natural, but there's something going on in the spiritual, but that's why you belong here in the body, and that's why you need us and we need you. To keep a check on each other, to encourage you in your in your walk with the Lord, to help you, to correct you even, right? <laughs> a good correcting word, man. Raul has smacked me upside the head more times than I can count, and it has been the most beneficial thing for my life. <laughs> we need each other. We immerse into the body. We need you a part of the body of Christ. We need you to come to the table and be a part because you bring something unique. You have a certain calling and a gifting upon your life that we need here. And there's only one of you. Maybe thank God there's only one of you. But (laughs) we couldn't handle more than one of you, right? (laughs) But we need you and your specific calling and gifting. The Lord's anointing is attached to your calling. So just walk in the calling and the anointing will be there. But we need your specific calling, your specific makeup, and we need you at the table. We need you a part of each other's relationships in our lives. There's a lot of you that, man, if you're older, you've had kids, you have grandkids. Your role is a spiritual father, a spiritual mother, to walk with people. You have so much wisdom in you. (laughs) Listen to the Holy Spirit, impart some of that. You have had, uh, maybe, maybe you come from a very, very broken background. We need your story because we have broken people, right? Your testimony, your life of being broken and being recovered by the Lord is amazing. My, I mean, you even mean my testimony. My testimony is the Lord preserved me. <laughs> Amen. The Lord kept me away from many, many things in my life and kept me healthy and kept me well. But we need you a part of each other and to be in each other's relationships and lives. To be part of ministry and this service. If you're not involved here, a part of the body, doing, doing what you have been called to do, you need to have something activated in you. Because we need you a part of the body, but Moses Lake needs you. The Lord has called you to do something specific. Don't think for a moment that he's called everybody else, but he hasn't called you. He's called you for a specific purpose. And I feel like, man, I just, I'm just going to camp on this. The Lord has really, really called you. And you have, not, you have sometimes pushed that aside or maybe even think, not me. There's something really interesting I want to share with you. If you walk in the calling that the Lord has for you, his anointing is attached to that. Like, that is true. The more you walk in the calling, the more of the anointing that you have. And you're like, well, you may be even thinking, my calling feels a little bit too big, or if I feel like I need to do this thing, it's a little too scary. His anointing will accompany you to fulfill the call. Okay? So I don't know who that's for, but that's for somebody. Let's move on. (laughs) Be immersed into prayer, into everything that this church would be. um, Be immersed into the life of the church, sharing together in communion, coming together in one body and one spirit and one mind. It's a really incredible, beautiful thing, and I love this church. 
it's such a privilege and even an honor even to share with you today. Um, I love you guys. You guys rock.